Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bench Units podcast with me, James, and you, Mark, not you, the <laughs> listener. Um, <laughs> oh, we're off to a fly and start. Absolutely. I, I, I love that we started with another episode when we've literally ditched everything we've ever done. And this, this is like ground zero for the new thing. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this is a new thing. Um, by the time you do or don't listen to this, uh, you will probably know that we have a new website. Uh, we have gone out on our own. Mark has done everything. He, he has made the website. He has um set this all up and i just showed up to do a bad intro and here we are he has had a lot of time on his hands is the other thing i've done um, as if i haven't i've just been like playing basketball yeah. and well, freaking out like <laughs> well yeah I, but the flip side of it is what is the point of me having a software engineering degree if i can't build a website when i need one it would be like engineer a software it, Exactly. If the two if the two of us got into any legal trouble, I like to think that's the point at which you'd take over. Just this podcast. If you get in any legal trouble, oh yeah, 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 you're on your own. It's it's uh, actually because I care about you more than I care about this podcast, and I wouldn't uh, want to actually advise you on like real <laughs> things. People who I've cared about have asked me questions before, and I've been like, eh, ask yeah. someone whose job it is. Don't <laughs> but, don't commit. Um, yeah, so we've gone out on our own, um, which is exciting. Um, I think we should probably say shout out to Rosie Williams for getting us started and giving us a platform to talk and be ourselves and kind of do what we wanted. But uh, raw coaching is having a bit of a makeover, and we've also thought about doing this for a long time. So we thought it would be a good chance to go on our own and sort of take charge yeah, of it a bit ourselves because. I don't know. Take the reins from here. Yeah, responsibility might be good for us, maybe. We decided that after coasting through on Rosie's platform for a long time, what we finally needed was to be losing money on making these. Because I think yeah. as of as of time of recording, we are minus 24 US dollars right now, but we'll turn it around. Which is hilarious because it's like, <laughs> hey, now that there's money involved, we're motivated normally means that we're making money, but it's now that this is bleeding money. <laughs> like the least we can do is actually show up every so often. But yeah, so if you've managed to hop over from the other platform or if you find this new, welcome and thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, we'll actually turn out some good stuff. Yeah, a little bit of housekeeping. We're available on, I think, 15 different podcast platforms as of last count. Uh, Bench Units yeah, podcast yeah. everywhere. Uh, BenchUnits.com if you want to go to our site and see what's going on. BenchUnit.com slash questions if you want to leave us a question that we'll get to in a future episode. Timeanddate.com slash stopwatch if you're about to do a gimmick that involves uh, talking about each NBA team for two minutes. <laughs> So to very quickly um, preface this, we have missed out on basically the entire NBA season so far, apart from our one episode that covered the James Harden trade. Um, so we decided the quickest way to get up to speed was to list all 30 NBA teams and give ourselves a maximum of two minutes to talk about each one. Um, there will be some teams hilarious. that we definitely don't get two minutes worth of material out of, which is hilarious considering they've played like 40 games each at this point. 
but yeah. we reserve the right to pass and if we go over two minutes we reserve the right to interrupt each other and move on to the next thing yeah they've played like thousands of minutes each and we can't do three <laughs> minutes talking about them is quite funny also trying to keep the jokes down for the teams that we actually have a lot to say about will be tough but <laughs> yeah um so hopefully we'll be talking about wheelchair basketball a little bit in the future but right yeah. now get us back catch into up. it with a bit of nba catch up time do you want to go first um yes okay wicked and start the clock atlanta hawks coming up here we go okay this feels like a lot of pressure um the <laughs> atlanta hawks are fine and then they fired their coach because apparently a young team that's never won anything knows what's good for them that's that's our main <laughs> conversation about these guys and it always has been like okay we're gonna we're gonna fire this guy because we know what's good for us like no you don't Trey young like i don't know also last fun atlanta hawks thing before i throw it over to you i watched them play toronto last night and at one point john collins their center could not post up stanley johnson which is hilarious that's like, hilarious <laughs> it's because he's a brick wall i'll bring up that he's a brick wall when we talk about the raptors but yeah fair, fair enough um, yeah, it's kind of funny because for all the laughing about it we did in our own chat when it was happening, the Hawks who've never won anything are very convinced they know what's best for them and got Lloyd Pierce out of there. Although Nate McMillan has now taken over and I think they've won three or four in a row since then. Yeah, Nate's a good uh, coach. Like it might not actually be a terrible idea. I just hate like yeah. young oh, yeah. players being like, we know what's it. No, you, you might not. Yeah. You can get you can accidentally get to the right result by having gone through the wrong process, I guess. Um, But Nate's not a bad coach, but I also think he, every team he's ever coached lands firmly in the four or five seed and never really does a whole lot more than that. So yeah, I I would be very shocked if this was a long-term thing. Yeah. I think the thing is like, they're fine with that. Like they want to just push for the playoffs. They're kind of trying to speed it up. I don't think it's a long-term thing. I think they've looked at, Kenny Smith and Chauncey Billups as possible head coaches yeah. for after this, which would be interesting. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, I think they should just be taking their time because they've got a load of nice young guys and they're developing yeah. well. Not sold and get John Collins out of there. Okay, time's up. Boston Celtics. Um, they have many, many bigs and they insist on playing them at once. And it's generally not a great look drafted Aaron Neesmith because they needed wings. Aaron Neesmith is not good so far. Peyton Pritchard isn't bad. Kemba Walker is not himself, I don't think. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been awesome the entire way through, and that's basically the only reason the Celtics are semi-respectable right now. Uh, Allegedly swinging a Harrison Barnes trade at some point in the near future, but I don't see that fixing many of their problems, although I think Harrison Barnes isn't a bad player. Um, I think they need kind of wing depth, but I don't think Harrison Barnes brings them any new dimension that stops them from playing Tice and Tristan Thompson together as much as they are, which is reprehensible in itself. Yeah, like if they sign him for how much is he making that's my thing if they sign him for that price and his main thing is that he isn't tristan thompson like i don't (laughs) know if he's worth the money like he'd be a good sort of level of player to have as wing depth but i don't know here's a question would you rather have kemba walker or terry rosier and gordon hayward right now because that's kind of what happened ish 
Can I just go Rosier and Walker swap? Uh, probably. Can I buy out Hayward if I get him? Because if so, I'll do that. Sure, fair enough. Well, you um, didn't actually have to sign him, but my thing is like, apparently Hayward for Miles Turner was on the table at one point, yeah. but we all know Danny Ainge likes to be like, ah, I was so close to this thing that I'll never tell you about and we'll never yeah. come in, into the news. Like, that, that doesn't really get it done. They're just kind of lacking sort of, as you say, like mid-height guys that can yeah. play make and Jalen Brown being unbelievable is the only reason they're kind of afloat. Yeah, that is entirely it. Okay, you've pulled the good one because up next we have the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, Brooklyn Nets, historical best offense of all time, historically worst defense of all time. And it's <laughs> that's like, that is literally true and it's hilarious. Um, I think they're probably the team to beat in the East because they're just so, so full of firepower on the offensive end. And they've also got Bruce Brown, who is creating a new position. He's like 6'4", and he's just floating around, taking layups and cutting and setting screens. And he's playing like the role a center would, but he's tiny. It's just because he fits in. And I kind of respect uh, Steve Nash letting some of their younger bench guys have a go. Um, Blake Griffin's going to play five minutes a game when it matters. Uh, Jeff Green might be better than Blake Griffin, which is so funny. Um, yeah. That's kind of it. I'm saying um a lot because I feel like yeah. I'm in a rush, but I'm cutting time out by saying um. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're still fine. The um the Bruce Brown thing is interesting because he's effectively all he's doing is playing the Draymond role. Um, but he's with playing a wheelchair basketball low pointer role, he's shorter than people, but worse than people as well. So they have him going towards <laughs> the basket and trying to finish layups. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Um, but yeah, he's basically playing the Draymond role, but instead of it always being Draymond Steph pick and roll. He's got three guys he can screen for and run the action from basically any point on the floor. And it turns out it's pretty difficult to defend when you've got three guys who can create their own shot in any situation. And also a guy who is way undersized and you would normally ignore, but he can finish reasonably well. Yeah. Joe Harris is shooting 50% from three, which is hilarious and will continue because like he's just getting the easiest looks in the world. James Harden has become this weird, efficient playmaking um superstar he was always like efficient ish at times but like he now has people in the playoffs that have hit big shots that he can throw the ball to which is exciting it'll be great for him to stand around doing nothing for the last five minutes of every game up next charlotte hornets the nba league pass darlings of every viewer in the whole world um I didn't watch a lot of them until recently, but they I kind of see the appeal now. They're really fun, apart from all the minutes where Bismarck Biombo plays. Um, I think we're a little bit split on Lamello. I think you're a Lamello true believer, and I'm a Lamello is all right, but I don't know what his ceiling is. Is he just the perfect pickup player? Because I think that might be a chance. I don't know how he translates to a playoff series, which it looks like is going to be something we find out in a couple of months' time because I think they're the sixth seed right now. Yeah. Um, I think he's like uber talented, has like an unbelievable ability to read the game. There was kind of stuff coming in to the draft about his attitude and stuff, but that seems fine. And also, he's a young kid who's been kind of famous since he was 16, and that's probably tough. But um yeah he's shooting 35 percent on high volume threes which was the other thing because the shot looks weird but if it's going in yeah that's fine he's tall enough that he will be able to defend at some point he's just skinny uh next favorite thing about them is the fact that 
him and Bridges together throwing alley-oops. Yeah. The nickname is Airbnb, which I think <laughs> is so stupid, but so funny. Um, as you say, if they managed to get a center rotation that wasn't just Cody Zeller and Bismarck Bayambo, they might be fine. But I've heard people saying that that means they should trade for Vucevic. And that is not true because the amount that you'd need to give away isn't worth the yeah. future. They're young. They're exciting. Gordon Hayward's also there. Um yeah, they're just fun to watch and they're going to make the playoffs probably. Yeah. And like, that's, that's it's fine. Fu- like, it's funny, funny that you listed young and exciting and they have the oldest looking center rotation outside of maybe Portland <laughs> with Cantor and Nurkic. That's true. Okay. okay. Uh, two minutes is next. Up next. Chicago the Bulls. Chicago, all the Chicago Bulls. This is mine, but I don't want it. Um, <laughs> There's like five teams that I just don't care about at all. And I think four of them are in the East. The Chicago yeah, Bulls is one of them. They have been average or worse for like a decade, bar one season where Tom Thibodeau ran everyone into the ground. Uh, I, I don't care about them, Mark. Would yeah. you like to do anything here? Uh, no, I think it's been a Zach Levine redemption tour to some extent. Um, just in terms of him being efficient now and not just chucking shots, and they're semi-respectable. I don't know where their improvement comes from at this point because they're not going to get a a great draft pick. And I would have said at the start of the season they'd be in the market to sell off Otto Porter and Thaddeus Young and maybe Garrett Temple and those guys to contending teams, and it looks like that's not going to happen now because they're at least in the picture to make one of the last playoff spots. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna chase being semi competitive to the point where it probably ends up harming them in the long run. But yeah. that said, I, I actually like several of the guys on their roster. I like Markin and, and Wendell Carter. Yeah. But yeah, it looks cool. Zach Levine has been really, really good and he's been an all star level, but there's enough guys that are doing that that does doesn't mean he should be an all star. Um, yeah, which is tough. Fair. Um like he's got all star stats, but like there's more than twelve guys in each side that yeah. are doing yeah. that. But I think that's the thing, like, because there's now 10 spots in the playoff picture effectively on each side, you're going to see less teams getting to, like, 12th and being like, okay, we're real bad, we're miles away, let's just sell off all our players, which which will be interesting. Like, it'll be probably bad for them in the long run, as you say, but yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, two minutes is up. Cleveland Cavaliers, okay, we're definitely not getting two minutes out of this one. Um, yeah, I watched the game shortly after the James Harden trade where Colin Sexton beat them by himself in overtime. That was one of my favorite games I've watched all year. I think that's probably top five games this season. Um, Other than that, they don't have a lot going on right now. They kind of had lightning in a bottle for the first 20 games of the season and have skidded pretty badly since then. And it probably isn't going to get better at any point this year, but the upside is Sexton, Garland, uh, Jarrett Allen, They've got uh, Okoro as well. Is it Okoro? Yeah. That's the guy who's there, isn't it? Um, Yeah, they've got a decent core and they'll probably get a decent draft pick in this year's draft. So they might be incrementally better next year, but I ultimately don't care enough about them to sit and ponder that unless you've got anything. Um, The things I have for this, uh, Bruce Brown's stats are almost identical to Jared Allen's (laughs) apparently since he left, (laughs) which is so funny. Yeah. yeah, um, Sexland is a cool nickname for Sexton and Garland. Um, they might be fine. I don't trust 
the Cavs to deliver on them being good no. in the long run. And I could see them being bad enough that they want to get rid of, like, buy Chetty Osman out maybe and send yeah. him somewhere, like, that might need someone who tries hard. But, like, I don't know what team that's like, hey, this would make us way better. But, like, honestly, like, if you're telling me the Nets wouldn't take someone like Jetty Osman to, like, run around and actually try and play some defense and shoot threes. Uh, yeah, I'd tell but, I don't know. Uh, JaVale McGee also is going to get bought out at some point because he's bad and teams need someone like free that. Ke- somehow. Free Kevin Love. That's my only re- remaining Kevin statement Love. on this. Okay, up next. Oh, did he? Good for him. So. Okay, up next. Let's go. Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luca is great. Dallas have gotten slightly grittier on defense with some of the signings they made and therefore have gotten worse on offense. But like that's going to happen if you replace a 40% three-point shooter with not 40% three-point shooter and your defense yeah. gets, gets a little bit better, you'll be fine. Chris Stapps has not played. So yeah. like... I think there's a couple of teams in here that it's like because of COVID stuff and because of injuries and whatever, it's like they haven't had a real team yet. Um, when Luca plays really well, sometimes it doesn't matter. Like he hit those two step back threes in a row against Boston and it kind of papered over some of the cracks, but he's still legitimately special yeah. and very exciting. And yeah, I want them to have a full team by the playoffs because yeah. they can cause people problems. Like he's there already. He's proven it. Yeah, I think um, I think Chris Stapps has looked a bit better recently. He had a really good game against the Spurs the other night. Yeah. Uh, I think people are forgetting that he didn't really hit his best form last year until the bubble, and he's coming back off another surgery off the back of that. So it's kind of insane to suggest that he should be back to normal already. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you say, if they kind of bump up their playoff standing a little bit, I don't think anybody will be particularly excited to see them. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, Luca has proven his ability. Like, there's no, I was listening to a podcast about like the best prospects in the NBA, and they were like, no, there's like, there's no question that out of people who are under 23, like Luca's the only one that's already there. Like, he's run the best offense in NBA history, and then taking the Clippers to six without Chris Stapps in the same yeah. season. And he's a child. Like, he's completely <laughs> insane. Like, if he gets that step back three, like 2% batteries. Okay, time's up. <laughs> Denver Nuggets. Um weird yeah. start to the weird start to the season. Kind of flip-flopped going one and four, then four and one, then five and two, then two, and could never really get any consistency. Jokic has been awesome all year. Um Murray has kind of come on lately. I think they look a lot better, kind of pre-all-star break. They won four in a row and we're kind of figuring out their rotation which I don't think they had up to that, similar to what we were just saying about Dallas. Um, Faku Campazo is somebody I will never, ever turn the TV off while he's <laughs> while he's on the floor. He nearly hit Kyle Kuzma in the head, and it led to a three being made by Zeke Naji, who is, I think, one of the most overlooked rookies there is this year. Yeah, uh, but fun. crucially, I wish that pass had hit um, Kyle Kuzma in the head because that would have made my life even better. Um, other than that, Michael Porter Jr. is the single greatest investment I ever made because I got a top shot moment of his in a pack that was $200. Me and Ben split the cost and it is currently at $735 before I sold it. So it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sold not it selling then. it yet, but 
Ben won't let me because he's like he's gonna be an he's gonna be an all star. Just hold it till he's an all star. It's like there's gonna be it's gonna be a stretch for him to be in the all star game even next year unless he goes truly insane. Can I just say by the time he's an all star, uh, this top shot thing will have like either been like the bubble will have burst or people will have been like, hey, this can be exploited criminally. Um, oh, yeah. All of this oh, stuff yeah. freaks me out. You know more about it than I do. <laughs> um, things on this. Hey, it's all right. We'll be fine without Jeremy Grant. <laughs> no, we won't. Um, would you not rather yeah. pay Jeremy Grant than what you're paying Millsap and PJ Dozier? And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what you're missing. I think. Yeah. You're entirely right. Okay. Yeah. Up next. Detroit Pistons, away you go. Speaking of uh, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I was going to say, Denver Nuggets, would you not rather pay <laughs> uh, Jeremy Grant than those two guys? Um, Jeremy Grant has been good stats, bad team. Uh, I'm glad Blake Griffin is out of there because I don't care about them and I'm interested to see if he can contribute in any way to other teams. I'm just using this as a way to link the Pistons to other teams. That's all I'm yeah. doing. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, because I don't really care about what they're doing. Their rookie was kind of fine. Like, I don't know. He's tall and skinny and French. And Yeah, he looked, mm-hmm. watching him play, looked like when Goran Dragic tried to come back in the bubble and was on a torn plantar fascia, which is troubling considering this guy's a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Tall point guards, but like, hey, are you going to be Sean Livingston? And if yeah. you're not even, that might be bad. <laughs> like... Yeah. I think ultimately they've got several intriguing guys. And crucially, they have a lot of wings who look like Seiko Domboya and Sadiq Bey, who are like cookie cutter NBA role players. But I don't think any of those guys is going to become good enough for the Pistons to matter anytime soon. No, it's like if any of those guys would become like a 38% three-point shooter consistently over the next 10 years, you'd be like, all right, okay, we've got something here. But like, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. I don't trust it. No. I just don't think they're very good. And no, not like, sold. Not even like the bright spots aren't bright enough for me to care. Yeah, agreed. Okay, up next, probably the team I've cared about least all year because the media's bombarding anyone who'll listen with how great Steph is and I feel like I've listened to that enough over the last five years and uh, not to take away from Steph I just don't think anything new is being brought to the table this year they are weird and shapeless and they play Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre a lot and I thought I liked Kelly Oubre a lot more than it turns out I do anytime I flick a Warriors game on that's about all I have. Yeah, what Steph's been doing is absolutely amazing, and anyone who thinks he should be the MVP is wrong. <laughs> because, like, hey, what are you contributing value to if it's not being a great team? And I know it's not his fault, but, like, eh, I yeah. just... He's been great, and then also they, they've been losing a lot of games because he doesn't get a lot of help. That's not his fault, but there have been better yeah. candidates. Um. That's better yet. Steph's been amazing. Draymond can't run a jump anymore, but is still managing to affect the games. It's been a really, really interesting exercise in seeing how effective he can be, even though he's kind of cooked physically. And he's managed to do it for a couple of games just because he's a basketball decision-making supercomputer, which has been like really fun to watch at times. But like when he's making smart decisions, which are based on 
Andrew Wiggins, don't shoot that. Give it to <laughs> Steph. Like, I don't know how much credit you get. Yeah. Is this first time um, we're actually going to be done here early or no? I think. Uh, no, one quick question. We'll squeeze this in. What does their end record have to be for this to be Steve Kerr's best ever coaching job? Oh, record I can't do because there's less games. I don't know um, how to translate that in my mind. But I don't know if they ended up like fourth or fifth. I'd be like, yeah. what is happening here? Agreed. Up next, Houston Rockets. I thought after the James Harden trade that these guys would be interesting and they were for about five games until teams figured out that they didn't have that much talent and they just had to be better than them. Uh, the defense was pretty good for a bit and then it has dropped off pretty considerably. Yeah, the defense was amazing. Um, it was fun watching a load of guys that were felt were feeling disrespected in one place. Um, that was a lot of fun for a long time, but like Oladipo has kind of not been back to the level he needed to be at and they yeah. just don't have the talent. As you say, like there's a certain point where it's like teams with actual good players can just come and figure it out and win yeah. and then leave again. Like, which is rough, but yeah. kind of which the sign is funny. of the good teams need to be able to go there and just take care of it. Yeah, which is funny because that was also the rap against the Rockets kind of last year from the micro ball stage onwards. It was just like, okay, we have five players who, or like four or five guys who aren't just going to be switched out of their matchups they're comfortable with. We can probably just beat these guys because they're weird and small. And that's still true and they don't have James Harden. Yeah. Okay, cool. Up next. I think I stole your go on the last one. I lost track. So this is your one. Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers. Yeah, they are they are doing not good. They are in tenth. Um, which is which is rough, but like it's it's their tenth in that conference where like they could easily just jump up to eight yeah. in one game. Like they could jump up higher in a couple games. Like it's not it's it's not that hard. Like they're not out of it yet. Sabonis has been an all star apparently because apparently Sabonis is an all star now. Um, they're missing. And they're missing. His TJ hair Warren. is magnificent. Missing Sorry, TJ yeah. Warren, who was the best player in the universe in <laughs> Disney, the center of the universe, was was going to be tough. Um, I've enjoyed Doug McDermott actually contributing to basketball a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, TJ McConnell getting 10 steams in a game is hilarious. Um, I kind of don't have a whole lot else to say. They have a lot of holidays, yeah. which is fun. Um, yeah. I hope Karis Levert is fine. Is my next yeah. contribution. I think um, they're kind of the ultimate. Now the Oladipo thing's passed over them. I think they're kind of the ultimate out-of-sight, out-of-mind team. And yeah. it's, it's been like, oh, we don't have to watch the Oladipo situation anymore. We'll just let Indiana get back to what they were doing. But the guy they got rid of Oladipo for hasn't been able to play, and TJ Warren's not been able to play. Um, Justin Holiday and McDermott are okay players, but they're probably not what you want your starting wing combo to be when the alternative is Warren and Levert. So I think there's a real chance they get those guys back this year, which isn't guaranteed. I think Indiana might make a real jump, but I'm high on Indiana every year and it never quite gets there. So what do I know? Yeah, like they get those two players back and then they kind of turn into what they might be, which is fine. That's plenty. <laughs> okay. 
LA Clippers. This is this is frantic, man. This is why I didn't stop. <laughs> I stole your go because I was like, no, we can't have the backs go, go. and forwards, which ironically we've just wasted now. Um, Clippers still pretty good. I think fourth in the West right now because of surges from Utah and Phoenix, who we'll get to in a little bit. They look really good offensively, not so great defensively considering their personnel. And ultimately, I don't think I see any level of transformation from the team that underachieved last year. And that's a bit worrying considering that the whole theme of last year was, hey, we'll just take it easy and then turn it on in the playoffs, which they didn't. And now they seem to be trying to turn it on midseason and carry it all the way through to the playoffs. And they haven't done that either. So, yeah, I'm not sold. Uh, but Batum's been fun. I'm I'm glad he's around again. Batum's been fun. Um, and Sergi back, I do think, makes a genuine actual difference to Mo Harkless, who, uh, not, what, what am I talking about? Not Mo Harkless. Uh, Montrez. Montrez Harrell. I had MH in my head, and I was <laughs> there for some reason. Uh, it does make a difference for Mo Harkless, for sure, because he's barely even an NBA player. But um, I think that makes a real difference. But the thing is, probably can't play Lou Williams, in an actual important game against the, maybe the Jazz because you can hide him on someone on the wing, or but you you can't play him against the Lakers because they'll just pick on him. Um, so you got Luke Kennard to solve that problem? I don't think so. So your closing lineup is Beverly, Leonard, George, Ibaka, and probably Batum and. I don't know. I yeah, just... Although I'm a proponent of swapping Beverly and Morris out in that closing lineup and just oh, going yeah. going massive, but I haven't seen that so far, so I don't think they will. Um, no, they, they did that down the end of one of the games against the Jazz. Okay, cross fun. over the LA hallway and Lakers, here we go. Okay, so the Lakers have been missing AD for like a month. I think he was one of these guys that got injured just before the All-Star break and was like, hey, can you write me a note so I don't have to do PE? Uh, <laughs> he didn't want to do the All-Star game. Same with KD. Uh, which I forgot to mention, but they have been kind of sleepwalking and they are kind of not doing fine because they have to play like Dylan Kuzma, uh, Horton Tucker, and a load of like Kuzma Caruso lineups. Kuzma has like changed himself into like a weird hustle guy after getting his contract, which is weird. Like he stopped <laughs> doing stopped doing the weird stuff and stopped yeah. just trying to get buckets, and he's like getting offensive rebounds and playing defense. And it's really weird because that's normally something people pretend to do to get paid. But yeah, um, yeah, they have been weird and kind of slowed down a bit when they've been missing their second best slash best player and kind of understandable, but also they will be fine. They will get at least to the Western Conference Finals and we'll see from there. Yeah, like, for sure. They'll be all right. Yeah, I think, um, I think they will tell anyone who will listen that they don't have anything to worry about right now. And I think generally LeBron teams are able to flip the switch at some point, um, apart from his Cavs teams who couldn't flip the switch because they couldn't defend in the first place. So, yeah, I don't really worry about the Lakers. I am not convinced of the Gasol thing in the playoffs, but I might be wrong. And I wonder if the kind of Jazz and Nuggets and whatever might take a real pop at them if they have to go small all the time. Um, yeah, I, wouldn't I think having a small for a team that will play Gobert is interesting though. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it for the Lakers. They're so kind of cruise control. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, they don't okay. care. So why should we? <laughs> okay. 
Memphis Grizzlies, home of my biological son, Justice Winslow, who's back after a year and two months off. Yeah. Uh, he was dreadful his first two games and shot four from 24. And then game three, they played the Clippers and he put Kawhi in a straight jacket on two possessions. And right. he's been he's been generally pretty good since then. And anyone who knows me will know I've had Justice Winslow stock for a long time. So yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about this. And I think Memphis are probably one year away from being absolutely lethal. Yeah. They uh, have they have so much front court depth in varying shapes and sizes that it's not even really anything you notice that Jaron Jackson hasn't played this year. And I think Memphis, along with possibly New Orleans, if they figure the roster out, might be the reason that a team like the Nuggets never really break through because they're waiting they're waiting the Lakers out and then the young guys are already up the back of them before they've started. Yeah. I think them being like fine and not having Jaron Jackson Jr. is nuts because like he's supposed to be the second he's supposed to be the number two. Like I think that's that's wild to me. And also I agree on Justice Winslow. Like there's certain guys that come into the league and they look like the right physical profile to be someone that should be amazing and you just kind of wait on it and that happens so often that we should know better but it's yeah. still exciting every time Shit. someone comes in and they're just like built a certain way that you're like man this guy could if he could figure out how to score 25 game he could also defend lebron that's exciting yeah, yeah but, for sure yeah he never really did it except for he randomly ran point guard on a couple of lineups which was really really interesting for a while but that just yeah. was like, hey, take the ball because you can't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up next, Miami Heat. Okay, the Miami Heat. Uh, they have been not as good as a team that should make the finals because they are not a team that should have made the finals. Uh, <laughs> the bubble was kind of lightning in a bottle type stuff, I think. Um, obviously, they've been sort of injured and covid and whatever official term, covid medical, look it up. Um <laughs> But yeah, they just haven't been as good this year and they've been trying to run Hero and Robinson on the starters. And yeah, they've had Tyler Hero running the point and stuff at various different points. And then if not, they've had to play Kendrick Nunn and Bam hasn't been playing games. But they're well coached. If if they get into a playoff matchup with anyone decent, they're going to be worried about them no matter what. And I don't know. Precious is a lot of fun to watch because yeah, he's just man. another guy that they've got in who's like quick and strong and can jump and can do the right thing and he's really well coached and it's like one of these guys that if he went to Sacramento he'd be out of the league in three years probably yeah. but because he's like got all of that ability and is well coached he'd be fine yeah for sure I'm really excited to the point to get to the point where they can play Bam and Precious together and yeah. just be huge and not lose any kind of agility or athleticism and crucially because that will get Myers Leonard out of there exactly where he deserves to be. Yeah, Myers Leonard didn't deserve to be on an NBA team before he came out with an anti <laughs> slur and he definitely deserves uh more than was it like a week off? Yeah. <laughs> like they gave have, him a week off. Yeah. <laughs> have, have fun in have fun in Europe, Myers Leonard. Just let's hope you don't end up at Maccabi Tel Aviv because that's not going to end well. Okay. Wow. You might need to cut that. That's not great. <laughs> no, right. 
Okay, Milwaukee Bucks have been the Eastern Conference Lakers, I think, where they seem to be hiding some actual slight struggles behind the facade of tinkering and trying stuff. Um, Drew Holiday has been kind of ad- as advertised when he's been there to play, but was out with COVID for a long time. Giannis is just as good as he's been for the last couple of years, but no one wants to give him the MVP again, so there is no conversation about him. I still really like Middleton. I basically won't hear a word against their top three, but I think everybody else is a bunch of guys who would be good in Europe at this point. Yeah, I think apart, that's apart from Tory Craig, I won't hear a word against Tory Craig either. Who wouldn't be good in Europe? No. <laughs> um, no, I think that's the thing where it's like when you say they're top heavy, it's like their top isn't even that heavy because they can't get to five competent NBA players in a playoff game. Like you yeah. play the big three. And that's like funny that big, big three is getting smaller, like in terms of yeah. like big three had to be three all-stars previously. And now it's like three, like one MVP and two guys who like have scraped in maybe. Yeah. yeah like completely. And it's like, I don't know. They have three good players. And then what are you rolling out? Um, Dante DiVincenzo is like a nailed on starter in an NBA Finals Game 7, and that's not okay. And then you either have to go Bobby Portis, who is somehow hitting 40% of his threes, but I don't believe it, uh, which is funny because that's a fact. Um, Or they have to go Pat Connaughton, who is just also not... Yeah, they... ...do well enough on either side of the ball. Like, they just don't have five players. And that's like Brooke Lopez, like, hit a lot of threes once... (laughs) <laughs> and now we think he's great yeah he's not that good he's fine but like playoff game really yeah for sure okay up next oh you're welcome minnesota timberwolves away you go uh worst team in the league um kind of deserved to be there ex- in some regards and also carl anthony towns has both fought covid and had a lot of physical symptoms from it and also had a lot of relatives pass away from covid related symptoms which is really rough and not something that anyone should have or should have had to deal with um and that is obviously going to be a massive contributing factor um they don't have any other good players if you are a team that got andrew wiggins in exchange for d'angelo russell and you won the trade (laughs) D'Angelo Russell might be playing very badly because he's maybe not as good as you thought he was. Also, if your star player just wants his best friend to come and play basketball with him, um, sometimes maybe listen to him. But also, if that's going to be your second guy long-term, maybe have a think about it because I don't think D'Angelo Russell's going to help you be a good basketball team. Yeah, completely agree. I think... um... I've never been on board with either D'Lo or Cat as winning players, either separately or together. And I think that's made obvious by the fact that the actual Minnesota roster isn't particularly bad in terms of role players. Like, if you looked at Beasley, um, Hernan Gomez, and Jared Vanderbilt, they all came over from Denver. And if they were plugged into the Denver rotation now, I don't think Denver would get any worse. No. Because Murray and Jokic can make it work, and Cat and D'Lo can't. And I won't hear anything in defense of the Timberwolves. So up next, New Orleans Pelicans. Weird, shapeless. Zion is awesome, but nobody cared for the first like 15 games of the year. And then it 
he just carried on doing what he was doing and people were like, oh, he's been doing this for the last 13 games. It's like, well, he's actually been doing it all year, but you decided you weren't interested because apparently the shiny new toy effect runs out after a season at this point. Um, yeah, Zion's been ridiculous to the point where it ultimately hasn't mattered that they have a strange roster around him that doesn't quite fit. Uh, people are a little bit low on Brandon Ingram as well, which I don't understand because he's just as good as he was last year, but I think everyone likes the control of the team narrative. Uh, get Bledsoe out of there, hand it over to the young guards. That is all I have on the Pelicans. Um, yeah, Lonzo is has gone. Lonzo has gone from point guard to run the ball up in transition and then play like an off guard and shoot 40% and catch and shoot threes, which is amazing. There was about a month ago that they were trying to look to get rid of him and now he's playing too well that I don't think they would ever, which is yeah. nuts. But Yeah, that doesn't um, happen a lot. He's been great. And yeah, Zion's an absolute beast, which is amazing. And I think the difference is people didn't care when it was just someone misses a shot, he goes and gets it, puts it back. But now that Stan Van, um, Van Gundy's realized that if you just start the ball in the hands of the person that no one can stop, he's still going to go from like 14 of 17, which is nuts. Like people were like, I don't know, man, he's doing this to like young kids in the in, in college and in like, um, high school and yeah. stuff but I don't know man and then he's just like going through grown men which yeah. is the, so much fun the, to ti- the typical oh it's only high school oh it's only college oh it's only summer league oh it's only preseason oh he's just put Rudy Gobert into the fifth row up next I think that's the thing yeah Sorry. New York Knicks away you go um I refuse to care they um <laughs> Julius Randle last night had to defend Giannis on one end and post him up on the other end for 48 minutes. And it's like, Tom Thibodeau, you do know this is not going to work long-term for two reasons. One, that's going to wear your players out. You've never gone to a team and not left them like knackered out of breath. Injuries, um, out of breath, yes. Also, they have had well, like the easiest schedule in the NBA up to this point. That's the only reason they're like floating around in fifth. They have the yeah. 27th easiest schedule. So translation, fourth hardest schedule for the rest of the yeah. season. Uh, if I got that wrong, that would have been funny. But they are <laughs> they are going to drop and drop as the other teams figure it out and move up. And I think they're going to float somewhere between seventh, eighth. Yeah, but it's it's fun. It's kind of fun. Like, yeah. I don't know. Quickly. Emmanuel quickly is fun. One of my favorite niche guys in the league for a long time has been Etuan Moore. And I think quickly is like if Etuan Moore had come into the league and somebody had decided he was a point guard. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, other than that, the Knicks don't have anything else worth covering. So we'll move on to the joys of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who also aren't really worth talking about a great deal. Um, they got some talent. And I am very proud of this one because I said to Gabby's brother preseason, I was like, just you watch, these guys are going to play really hard and they're going to catch a lot of teams off guard because the season's weird and condensed. And they're 16 and 21, so I feel like up to this point, I'm right on that one. Um, Especially because about two days after I said that to Gabby's brother, I listened to Sam Vecini's podcast and he said he'd be surprised if they got to 10 wins. So... I guess I've shown him in who's better at predicting bad teams' record. Yeah. Um, 
Pokushevsky, I was really excited to watch, and it turns out he is like a worse dragon bender up to this point. So not sold on that one. Other than that, they're pretty fun. And I look forward to George Hill being bought out and sent somewhere meaningful. Um, yeah, they are trying to be bad, but they're well enough run that they are not. But it's not one of these things where them being badly run and failing at tanking will be bad for them because they have everyone else's picks too. So <laughs> they'll be able to tank while being fine and also still tank effectively, which is really fun. But yeah, I just like every so often I'm like, I'm going to turn one of their games on, see what in God's name they've rolled out as a starting five or as a random second unit. But like, Shea Gilgis Alexander is fun. And yeah, yeah they're fine. They're, they're kind of fun to watch, but they're not good. But that's okay. No, they're not. Okay, this is going to be a short one. Orlando Magic. Away you go. Uh, don't care. Um, <laughs> the They're in that weird spot where they're good enough that someone coming and getting Vucevic is not really an option and also you would need to give up the James Harden mount to go and get him and yeah. he is not James Harden he'd been really good but like any of the teams that he would help I don't think should come and get him um, yeah. yeah Aaron Gordon is still not a good Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is what you described when you were saying what we wanted Justice Winslow to pan out like yeah, it's like, wow, this guy's big and strong. Can we teach him to play <laughs> basketball? No. Um, it's the thing of, yeah, if he, like, if it's it's the precious thing of, like, if he had gone to good teams at any point where they would, yeah. like, if the Spurs managed to draft him, he's, he's yeah. an all-star. Like, just, I'm you need convinced. someone to teach him to shoot. Like, that's it. Some teams are like, we need good basketball players, and some teams are like, just give me, Tools and we'll be fine. Like the Spurs drafted Kawhi because they needed someone a little bit taller on the wings, and now he's like the fourth <laughs> best player in the world. But yeah, uh, yeah so I don't know. You, this is your team, so I should give yeah. you more than forty seconds. Sorry. No, it's cool. I, I, this is my team, and I've I've narrowed it down to the point of break it up, Magic. Just let Vooch go somewhere. Although I don't think there's any teams he turns good to great, particularly. And let's just roll out the Cole Anthony, Mark Elfolt, Jonathan Isaac core and see where we get from there because they're kind of in no man's land right now. Yeah, Cole Anthony and Mark Elfolt are fun to watch, to be fair. Like, yeah. And will be. But I, that's the thing. Like, being a center that needs the ball doesn't mean you're a great complimentary piece for a team that's already yeah. good. So you're kind of not completely. Oh, man, we got two minutes out of this one. Go us. Okay, Philly. Um, Watching Ben Simmons play defense has been one of my favorite things all year because I think I've settled more on this theory as I've watched a lot of the games. They're just, again, going back to what we talked about with Winslow and then Aaron Gordon, there's just not a load of role players who can actually defend star level guys. There's kind of an inner club where LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, KD, maybe pre-injury, there's about a four-guy group of the best players in the world who can all defend each other and no one else really has a crack. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of role-playing wings who can do it for a night. Like, I don't know, uh, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith tier guys who yeah. might have an okay defensive game but aren't going to do it for playoff series. And strong, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ben Simmons isn't a top five guy in the league but he might be the defensive trump card that is able to upset some hierarchies kind of in the playoff time. 
And I think with the amount of skill in like LA, LA, Milwaukee, and now Brooklyn, I think Philly might actually this year have the right balance of being huge and physical and still skilled enough to give those teams a tough time. Yeah. Uh, because last year they were huge and physical and had guys who couldn't shoot. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. Like, um, one, Joel Embiid has been the MVP so far. He's been absolutely yeah. ridiculous. That weird double pump step back three against Utah was absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, the other thing is years and years of, hey, man, we just need to surround these guys by shooters, but I don't know where to get any. And then Daryl Morey comes in and he's like, hey, Danny Green and the highest percentage three-point shooter in NBA history, will that do? <laughs> um, and it has done the job. You can throw Thibault and Simmons in there. And they might actually have a chance of stopping the Nets yeah. a little bit, but they might not be able to score. And we're done. Okay. Time's up. Phoenix Suns, away you go. Surprisingly good. I thought they'd be like fun, but not good yet. But it turns out Chris Paul doesn't have time for that, which is hilarious. Because he's <laughs> like, we could be this fun, scrappy team. But no, he has kind of probably by just being there, helped Devin Booker take a next step into being a little bit more elite, taking things a little bit more seriously. But also there's been some weird fit issues down the end of games of like, hey, who does what and when? Um, only only one of us can shoot a right elbow pull-up jump shot. Yeah, but it's amazing how good they both are yeah. at that thing. All <laughs> is is um, exactly what you'd want in another like yeah. guy that you just roll out there, like 40% three-point shooter, play defense. Um, Frank Kaminsky is getting minutes in an actual basketball team, and I love it. Um, Frank Kaminsky was he got bought, he was on the Suns last year, got um, waived, got brought in on a 10 day by the Kings, and got cut, and was apparently minutes away from signing with Fenerbahce, um, and is now back on Phoenix and starting. So, yeah. begs the question of what, what was going on there. <laughs> he's hitting shots, and that's literally it. If your job is to hit shots and you don't, you're in some sort of trouble. Aiton is getting there. He's figuring things yeah. out, which is exciting. He made a big jump from terrible to okay on defense. Yeah. I think, interestingly, Phoenix, are, they're number two in the West right now, and it was all overshadowed because their run was happening more quietly than Utah's run. Yeah. I don't know if they're the second best team in the conference, but as we discussed with Chris Paul teams every year, even last year when OKC was markedly less talented than this team is, you don't much fancy seeing Chris Paul in in the playoffs. Yeah, he's like, hey, I'm going this way. Are you guys coming or not? (laughs) The playoffs, like, that's it. Okay, up next, Portland Trailblazers, um, more of the same. I think marginally better roster than last year and better contributions from the young guys who always seem to be a year away from coming through. The fact that I think they're either fifth or sixth in the West playoffs right now, the fact that they are where they are missing their second and third best players is nothing short of a minor miracle, I would say. But I think Damian Lillard, this is just kind of, this would be on the billboard for a Damian Lillard movie is like, hey, take more stuff away from him and the more powerful he gets. Yeah, I think it's been amazing to watch. I don't know if they're just destined to never have their full team together, and it's really sad because I would like to finally see what they could do. Um, And I would also also say that that's probably like out in the Western Conference Finals. Like, to be fair, 
Um, yeah. But Nurkic was sat on the side of the court with a, like a teal suit yesterday, which looked very <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, that's just kind of it. Like they signed all these supplemental guys to fit around their three main guys that would make them look really good. But the problem is you take out the sort of the top guys, everyone needs to move up one spot. And all yeah. of a sudden you're throwing the ball to Robert Covington a little bit more than you'd like to, but it's just like, I'm kind of like, I check in on them every so often when they like, they win a big game and it's like, Oh, Dame Lillard just went nuts. Okay, cool. I'm back as, to not really caring. And Gary Trent Jr. is good and fun and is a perfect role player on a full team, but they don't have one. And that makes me really yeah. sad. I think that ultimately the move for them is to accept that Trent is a good starting two and that they should trade McCollum for kind of a big wing. Yeah. But I don't pieces. I don't know what's out there. Right. Yeah, they're too small. Lucky you, Sacramento Kings. Uh Tyrese Halliburton is amazing and I was right about him before the draft. <laughs> and uh I'm very excited about it. His shot looks weird, but he's long and athletic and cool and smart and i i love him i think he's great i wish he was on a team i cared about um he yeah i think he's like prototype of what you want sort of young nba draft picks to look like apart from like if you want to draft a once in a lifetime point guard or center obviously anything else in the middle is like draft someone who's like long and can shoot and can make the right decision. There's like, have you seen the ringer video of like just profiling him? Yeah. yeah. There's like some bits in it. Everyone should go watch it where they're talking about like, he sets like traps defensively where he's like, Hey, pass it over there. I'm super not looking. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) Which is like really high level stuff to be doing that. So young against people who have been in the league for years. And I just think he's a lot of fun to watch and I don't care about anyone else sure that team. um fun like i was just that was going to be my question before we wrap this um this two minutes up do you have any bagley stock left because i think i'm selling well but he's still very tall and can move yeah. <laughs> like I, being tall and being able to move is precious in the nba yeah i've held out but i'm yeah i'm teetering on the bagley thing right now okay up next San Antonio Spurs are a playoff team again by the looks of things and that's nuts because their coach is getting older and their team is getting younger and looks nothing like the last team that made the playoffs. Um, Them and LaMarcus Aldridge have gone their separate ways as of I think this morning or last night maybe. Yeah, last night. Um, Yeah, it feels like it's been coming for a long time. It's made me a little bit sad because I always really liked Aldridge but... It's probably for the best. And Keldon Johnson is like if I could incarnate the spirit of my little bulldog into a 6'8 guy. And yeah. I'm always up for watching that. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where LaMarcus Aldridge might want to go because I, I don't know if I care, he, but I'm more interested in what comes back. I have a horrible feeling he's going to get bought out and he's going to end up on the books. It oh. seem it seems like that's going to happen, and then that's that ju- better. I don't think it does, but I think they're going to be. They got Miritich a couple of years ago, and that felt that obviously worked out well for them because that was a good move. But they feel very similar now in terms of being like the we need one more guy. Yeah, there's a couple and, of teams that could fit him in 
but I don't want that to happen because I want the Spurs to get fun stuff back. Like, yeah. Ooh, 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 imagine if he went to Toronto and Kyle Lowry came back. That'd be fun. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I'd watch that. Although you'd need to send like three picks with it. Well, yeah. no, like one pick with it, probably. Yeah, I think that... Doesn't seem that, like a very Raptors player, though. Yeah, maybe not. But they've also not really played centers because their centers have been Aaron Baines and Alex Len. <laughs> so, yeah. Aaron anyway, perfect segue because coming up right now, Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors haven't really had a full team for, and when they had, like, I went and watched a game yesterday. I was like, "What's missing?" I was like, "Oh yeah, Pascal Siakam." And oh, that, I didn't see that game. And if if that really changes your outlook, you might be in trouble because Pascal Siakam isn't as good as he was for that one season, either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, there are, there are fun times that you see every so often that they still just coaching they just like the coaching just figures something out like they'll play Giannis and they'll just like some combination of OG Ananobi being a brick wall with long arms and coaching they really just figure out how to play someone which means I'll be excited to see what they do in the playoffs but like also them not having a center that anyone cares about means they're just rolling out lineups of like five guards but like it's five shooting guards really like it's like a point guard who's strong, a couple of small wings, and maybe Pascal every so often. But it, it, they've they've kind of I think they might be fluctuating between overachieving and underachieving, which means I don't really have my finger yeah. on what they're actually meant to be because they're yeah, I th- fine and that's okay. Like yeah, I think they turn out very middle to low seed playoff team and probably take a game or two off somebody and then are out um my only thought on the raptors they got deandre bembry for a minimum and he's been when i saw how crucial he was to their rotations i was like hey this isn't a good outlook and it turns out he's actually a really useful nba guy and just nobody knew about it because he was playing in atlanta so toronto may have done it again in finding a little hidden gem at that point yeah okay up next utah jazz the in the world yeah the darlings of the first half of the nba season they have been awesome even though they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit just before the all-star break yeah um yeah they they just look wicked mitchell's come on i think it hasn't been talked about a huge amount but mitchell's so much better as a facilitator right now than he's been up to this point and it just works and they will ultimately probably struggle against any LeBron or Kawhi team come playoff time. But I would feel a lot better giving them a crack against them this year than I would have done any year prior to this, which is a good sign considering they've basically brought the same team back. Yeah. Um, they look really, really good. I think the comparisons are a bit that are being drawn is like that Atlanta Hawks 60 wins team, which I don't think is fair because like, a better one-on-one like number one guy than any of those and the other one is the 2014 san antonio spurs and you need to keep their name out of your mouth because that's like the most (laughs) impressive basketball team of all time like that's the most amazing team basketball anyone will ever play and that's disrespectful but yeah they're really good at like pick and roll get downhill five on four and then just like pass 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 open three but also they 
lost in the first round last year and they were sure. kind of similar if you can't beat Denver. That's the other yeah. thing, like Rossi will defend LeBron and then Gobert will be left to defend AD or Rossi will defend Kawhi and Bogdanovich or Ingles will be left to defend Paul George. And Ingles is a yeah. good defender, but like I think you're asking a bit too much of him there. And ultimately yeah. they, they just don't have the guys to to really, really make the difference in the playoffs, I don't think, although Donovan Mitchell went nuts last year for like four yeah. Okay, time's up. And let's end out on a somber note because we have the Washington Wizards. Away you go. Okay, the Wizards. Uh, they were like hilariously bad for a very <laughs> long time. Um, and then they made some changes and they started winning just enough games that Bradley Beal won't actually get to go to a good team. And I hate that. <laughs> like four more games they would have traded him but now they're like oh oh we're gonna make the playoffs we better keep our best player and it's i hate it so much yeah no it's, it's not helping anybody and consider uh, although i like i've always been a westbrook supporter to some extent because i think he gets a bad rap and i'll stick up for somebody somebody who plays as hard as he does i think I'm at the point where I would just watch the kind of unformed potential of somebody like Charlotte being the eighth playoff seed than I would the Wizards trotting out this roster that is on a highway to nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's, it's just kind of sad kind of watching Westbrook try and force it when you've got Bradley being there sometimes is one of my yeah. things. Like there are times where he like drive, pick up a charge, come back down, try and drive again, get fouled, airball a free throw. And you're like, hey, hey, give the ball to the guy that knows what to do, please. That is no longer you. And I'm sad about it, but is what it is. My favorite thing is how Westbrook always appears to be forcing it. And then Batanz catches the ball and launches from wherever he is. And you're like, oh, he thinks he's... If you didn't know who he was, you would think that he just never expected to get the ball off Westbrook ever. And then you watch his stroke and you're like, oh no, I see why he shoots so quickly every time he catches the ball. Because that guy is money. Do you think he shoots it so quickly because he's like, hey, if I hold this for two seconds, Westbrook's going to walk towards me, (laughs) back off me. He's like, hey, I have to get a shot up here or else it's never coming back. Yes, and time is up. That is 30 teams covered in 57 minutes. I don't think we did bad there. No, that's um, not bad at all. It's funny. Although, putting the Wizards at the end was a disastrous move because if it had been someone we cared about, we could have gone for longer, but I refused to do two and a half more minutes on the Wizards. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Right. I, I, this is like them coming at the end is like the Colin Geddes podcast thing of like, why is the last question I answer always absolutely <laughs> Like, why do we always do this? But yeah, that was, yeah. That was hard. This has been exhausting but this has actually been fun and i feel like if we can keep this energy level up we'll probably scare off a good number of listeners i genuinely feel like that whole time it was like at the same pace as the intro song to fairly odd parents (laughs) like or or we didn't start fire or you know what I mean like um or that bit at the the end of the world by REM like I just feel like I've been (laughs) going for large parts and I can't wait to listen back and be like if I didn't say um five times we could have made that yeah we'd have been like 48 minutes I think if both of us had just flowed with our with our speech yeah I think you like look at the timer and you're like oh god this is so much pressure but if you actually just went for it you'd have been 
mind. Yeah. So what people really want after 57 minutes of us talking nonstop is to hear us critiquing ourselves and referencing fairly odd parents. So I'm I all knowledge stays <laughs> parents reference. I think we can probably wrap this here because I think there's no point us going on to anything else right now because we've kind of time capsuled our little episode here and put it in fast forward. Yeah. So I think we'll get out of here and we will be back probably. Are we going to aim for two a week? Now we're on our own schedule. We're we going to aim for one a week. I don't really know. We should have talked about this before we committed to anything on record. Yeah, let's figure it out. Cool. Um, not on record. Okay. Right. Um, let's get out of here. If yeah. you're listening, thank you very much for joining us over our new platform. Head over to benchunits.com um, slash questions optionally. And yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. So we will see you in our next episode whenever we decide when that is. Yeah, when we because we care about this now, do we have to tell people that they should subscribe to the podcast and like it and rate it and all that stuff? I feel uh, like we probably should. One step at a time. We, okay. We actually have we have our stats now on how many people are downloading and listening. So we actually now have chance to see if we're telling anybody that or whether we're just shouting it into the void. Sounds great. All right. If you're listening, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye.